Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the Academica Vertex. In the headlines this week, Liverpool humiliate Man United as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer loses 5-0 at Old Trafford. Salah Hall's 24 points reinforcing the statement, always just captain Salah. Other highly owned Liverpool assets like Jota and Trent also score double digits. The highly brought in Havertz blanks in a 7-0 victory over Norwich and is the only player in that Chelsea team to blank. Watford stun Everton in a 5-2 turnaround win at Goodison as Joshua King leaves a mark on his return. Alongside me this week are two Havertz captainers, so I'm sure you'll hear a piece of their mind about that, but more importantly, a Manchester United fan. I'm joined by Adita and Chris this week, and Adita, you've had a night to uh, sleep on that result, so how are you feeling today on Monday morning? Being an Indian and a Man United fan was a very disappointing Sunday evening for me. As we had a cricket game in the T20 World Cup, as everybody knows, we lost to Pakistan. Nevertheless, they played well and they deserved to win. So, she just kudos to Pakistan. Other than that, again, Man United, disappointing. What a crap performance. I don't want to cuss here because we are recording and we don't, have, we don't want to have explicit content here at the point. But other than that, it was so demoralizing and disappointing that probably if I keep on speaking a lot, we're just going to speak for about an hour or two just about this. But that was absolutely horrendous crap performance. All these players, right? As Roy Keane said a few years back, the leopards don't change their spot and they've just let Ollie down again. And uh, there was no intensity, nothing. And we deserve to get battered by Liverpool. With all due respect, we were crap enough. And uh, Salah scored a hat-trick. Did we really expect that? Kind of, yes. The way we were playing, we got away against Atlanta. So, and the way Mo Salah has been playing over the last few weeks, the, the way Liverpool have been playing, I mean, uh, three goals is just probably Salah just would be disappointed just by scoring three. He would have had more. So, the way, and also the send off, right? Uh, Paul Pogba got sent off. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was infuriating for a lot. You could see the, the players' frustration. Ronaldo, I think that was a yellow card, but also close to a sending off as well. When you look back yeah. at it, he did, he did kick. Got away. He kind of got away with it. Yeah. Because he kicked the ball, so he kind of, the referee also felt probably it's a big game, let's not send off players, you know, at the start. But if he had kicked him elsewhere other than the ball, that was a straight red, but yeah. he got away, that's what I would say. But that was an absolute crap performance and the debate of whether Solskjaer staying or not is a big talking point at this point. Because I think few hours back, the club released a statement saying that they're backing him or some Something along the similar line saying that we have to look at the next three games because we are playing Spurs away from home, we are playing Atlanta away from home, then we are playing Man City. So these three games are tough. They are not easy. And the way we have been playing, I can't seem to find a way saying that we are going to win the next three games or we are going to at least get something out of these games. But the irony here is that Solskjaer has done a great job. He's got us to a point wherein it was unthinkable and unimaginable a few years back. He's got us to a point where he can do the best and it's probably, it would be the best for him to go away because these people in the board and the club, they are not bothered about him. Being a legend of this club, he has all our respect as an anti-United fan base, but uh, he should go for his own sake, I would say, because things might go bad if they don't find a replacement in the next few weeks. I mean, we are going to probably just see losing the next three games and then him getting eventually sacked, which is not a great 
thing to be, you know, which to see in media and all of the stuff. Mm. And Chris, you are a Chelsea fan, so obviously delighted with the seven nil victory this week. But as a Havertz captain, it's got to feel a little bit bittersweet, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I was actually not really happy watching the the Chelsea game. I mean, I was happy to get the uh, that we got the win, but but when you score seven goals and you have a captain, the striker, the number nine playing for your team, it's a bit of a uh, you feel empty inside because you know you just know it's the worst case scenario. And then Salah dropped a huge hole yesterday, which I cannot say I expected Salah to blank, but. I honestly didn't expect 24 points. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the decision was not bad. It was definitely a risk. But I think at the time, with the information given and with the, well, the Lukaku injury and so on, I think it was a really good one. And, you know, I think if I knew the result was going to be 7-0 in, a, in the Chelsea-Norwich game, I would have still taken that risk uh, every any day of the week. So, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, suck it in. Uh, and move forward. Listen, I'm a United fan, so there's some positives to that, I guess. <laughs> I just want to get in here very quickly. So let us hypothetically imagine if Lukaku was fit, do you think yeah. people would have got people would have gone ahead and captain Salah? <laughs> Yet we don't know how things would have gone because that is a big if. But if Lukaku was fit, the entire captaincy debate would have just stopped at that point. With people saying, oh, United generally play against Liverpool and all. Uh, Solskjaer's team wakes up and all against big teams. They park the bus. The bus got punctured and it went and hit a wall. So, it didn't do anything great. But uh, Salah scoring three goals, did anybody of us imagine? No. Probably, I got he, he might score a goal and get an assist because Liverpool yeah. are the better side based on the form and based on the way Mo Salah has been playing. Yeah, the, a goal or an assist was inevitable. But a hat-trick and an assist... With Diego Jota also scoring 11 points, Trent also getting a clean sheet plus an assist. That was something kind of very, very unpredictable for us. We've learned our lesson captaining Havertz. But am I disappointed in captaining Havertz? Absolutely not. It was something, a risk worth taking. As end of the day, Chelsea scored seven goals, but he was not involved in one of them, which was surprising. Yeah, to be honest, I I completely agree with this. Uh, my, My captaincy was on Lukaku before he got injured. Um, and it was an absolute blessing in disguise that he did get injured because then I just made the choice to captain Salah. But um, I think you're 100% right. You're spot on with everything you say there. There's often that sort of aura of, oh, yeah, United have been a, have been a bit terrible recently, but they turn up for these big games. And um, watching the, the, the game last night, I was... In a, in a bit of disbelief watching goal after goal go in um, and, and euphoria as well but um, you've hit the nail on the head there really I mean um, it, it seemed like a low risk high reward but um, th- that's just the way uh, FPL goes and the way football goes I mean Mount got the hat-trick this time but another day that, that easily could have been Havertz yeah, until yeah. until the game, the Liverpool United game actually started, I was like around like hundred and ten ish mark. I was just seeing, seeing, okay, what's gonna happen with Salah's those monster howl and all other stuff. My rank just went from hundred k to like three fifty k or something, just because of one captaincy mistake. So that's how tight the game is this season, where most of us are separated very closely. 
where one week if it goes for us, the other week it doesn't go. There's a lot of shift in your ranks and all. So that's what I would like to say to everybody. If you had a bad day, you didn't, you didn't captain Salah, you went with Havertz so or you captain Kane, who blanked. Wardy got subbed off, apparently injured. We don't have any news. Don't feel gutted. Don't feel disappointed and all. This is just a game after all. There's a lot of time to go. There's still game week 38. That's the fair point where your overall rank is going to matter. Just play it at your ease. This is not a burden. This is not You're not playing some kind of a who wants to be a millionaire or something here. So just calm down and play. This is a game at the end of the day and enjoy. Things can go your way. Things can't go your way. You never know how things are going to go. You don't write it beforehand. So just move on. The game we tend to look at now. Chris, did you want want to come in? I know you uh, were trying to talk. Uh, I think we've uh, we've spoken enough about the unlikely part. Uh, you know the variance, and we're just gonna we we have to move forward and you know uh, stay calm and react to this in the best possible way so we can you know bounce back. Personally, I think um, I know we could genuinely talk about Man United and the situation there, but um, I think I think it's interesting because although a lot and a lot of fans are calling for Ole to go and and that it's not good enough, I think as you say he has turned it round very very well. Um, but I think it could be reasonable to give him till the end of the season, and if it doesn't get any better. Yeah, he goes. Um, but I mean, they were saying this uh, on Sky, like they were just scraping performances against the lower teams. When they finally have to play a bigger team, will they get battered? And yes, they did. So I mean, I think right now, if Ole goes, that's uh, a win for for Man United fans who want him to go. But if he doesn't go, I, I don't think that Man United fans should view it as as a, a loss. I think uh, he should be given until the end of the season to, to turn things around. As you said, he's done a magnificent job so far, um, especially as for someone who, who's got like his level of, of qualifications um, and management experience. I think he's done really well so far and I think he perhaps should be given until the end of the season and if things don't get better... Then, then, uh, fair enough. He he should go. I just want to get in here very, very quickly to all the people abusing Solskjaer, calling him PE teacher, and all those. Please stop that. End of the day, he's a human being, and even he has emotions. So all those people trolling there, this is not a right time to do those things. Another thing is that you have two ways to look at this point because, let's say, if Solskjaer goes, who are you gonna get? The most rumoured names that are floating around as one is Zinedine Zidane and the other one is Antonio Conte. To be honest, who would I pick out of these two? I'm not sure. Because we've had managers in the past who got us somewhere to winning something. Things don't go well. The third season syndrome and all, you get sacked, your performances go down. Who are we going to trust? That's the biggest thing. Even Jose Mourinho failed. He, I wouldn't say technically failed. He didn't manage us to get the league. But he got a Europa League. And some, he wants to count even the uh, what community shield as a trophy. So, and uh, another one, he won the league cup, I think, if I'm correct. So that's the point here. Who are United going to replace him with? So that is the biggest question here. So you shouldn't sack somebody for the sake of sacking him, saying that you were bad enough. Go, yes, for all the right reason. Over the last four games, I think last game we lost to Liverpool. Before that, we lost to Leicester. We drew against Everton. And we lost to Villa. So, that's literally, I think, uh, one point in 12 games. 
right? Sorry, one point out of twelve out of the four games, not good enough. But they've always looked at in the past, unless you are not mathematically like you fall in the point zone of whether you're calling for the Champions League or not. Or not that's the way they look to sack someone or fire someone. So I don't know how things would turn out. He could he could stay for the next three games, and then they would probably see where they end up with, or they might ask him to leave for the next twenty four to forty eight hours. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, at what point, at what point do the players get the blame for uh, this? Terrible performances. I mean, of course, the coach has to do something with it, but at what point do we think uh, the players get more stick for it? I think, I mean, you cannot be a professional footballer and play that as bad as they played yesterday, some of the players, because they were actually uh, horrendous. Especially for the first half, uh, where they were just running uh, in random patterns, nowhere, no one was in the right position tactically. In that, I mean, what was the what was the thinking behind all this? Was Solskjaer to blame for everything that went went wrong yesterday? I don't think so. The last few games, I mean, Harry Maguire has been awful. The last yeah. two games also, absolutely defensively, they were all over. The, it's like what do you call it? The headless chickens running all over the place. This you don't know what is going on. It's just running all over. The ball is going there. I'm just going to run here and there and all. I mean, I think United, in terms of the distance they cover, they are ranked the least or the right in the bottom. They've made a lot of errors considering two goals. They've considered, I think, 16 goals or something that's somewhere the worst at this point. And things are not looking good. You, you play McTominay and Fred for the sole reason saying that, okay, I'm going to protect my backline. I'm going to ensure that we stop conceding stupid goals. And we don't concede a lot of goals. And we make sure our defense is solidified. So that was probably the reason playing McTominay and Fred. Initially last season, it looked like it was a solution for some time. But what it is happening is overall, offensively, it is not giving you the amount of creativity you need to go and get chances, create chances and score goals. You're lacking that a lot. Playing two kind of folding midfielders who are in fact helping your backline to ensure you don't concede goals. But what that is resulting in, you're not able to create enough chances to go and score goals. So you need to, yes, one thing you need to is stop conceding goals. But to win a football game, you need to outscore your opponent. If you're not doing that, you're going to lose games. As simple as that. See the way Liverpool are playing. Five goals, bang, final, game over. Man City, the way they played against Brighton, like Foden, Greeley, the way they were quick in the attack. They just outscored their opponent. If you don't do that, you're going to lose games. That's as simple as that. That's how football is. How ruthless is. And that's how it's a result-based game. Don't get the results. You have to go. That's what it is looking like. Some yeah, some blame goes to the coaching staff and Solskjaer. They're doing their best. Probably this is what they can do at the moment. Some blame has to go to the players for not putting up, not showing up. This is happening so frequently. Right? I remember the last time I recorded a podcast few years back, one of the episodes where me and Varun were speaking, Mourinho got sacked when we were recording that time. I got a message on my phone when my brother came running and he told me like, Josie Mourinho We eventually, we just changed our episode midway recording to something else. I hope this one doesn't turn out now, but it could turn out maybe in a few hours or days. But let's see what happens. If, if Solskjaer remains, they need to bounce back. Pause away Atlanta and Man City. They are not easy games. And if you don't get the results, we know that inevitable outcome is going to happen some point or the other time. I think Chris is, is complete, like completely right here. I mean, 
they just couldn't deal with Liverpool's press. Liverpool pressed two in twos and threes, like they pushed the back line and forced Man United into sloppy mistakes. They weren't careful with the ball. They were lacklustre. Um, they didn't look like they wanted to be there. If there's a forfeit button at half time, I reckon they would have pressed it. There was no motivation. Um, I mean, when Liverpool, when Man United pressed, Greenwood went on his own once, and then Robertson would just skip past him or play it through to Jota, and just completely break the team apart. I mean, Liverpool were just wanted it more. They were quicker thinking. I mean, for for Salah's uh, second goal right at half time, for the four 0 when they took the free kick, they just didn't think quick enough. They the defenders didn't react quick enough. There was Maguire and Shaw. Mark, trying to mark Salah at the same time, which left a huge gap for Cater to run into. Um, I think tactically it was woeful. I think McTominay and Fred, as you said, I think you have to play Pogba with the likes of who they have in that squad and who they have on the bench, like Jaden Sancho, Cavani, Pogba. They have amazing talent throughout this squad, but the players are not playing up to their potential of their talent. I don't believe that the the tactics or the management is right either. The club as a whole, when it's going right on the pitch, yeah, okay, it might be right off the pitch, but right now it's not going right off the pitch and it's not going right on the pitch either. I mean, it, it is an absolutely shambolic, woeful performance and probably one of the worst I've ever seen in my lifetime from Manchester United. Um, and, and the biggest victory for Liverpool ever, the first player to score a Premier League hat-trick uh, Mohamed Salah at Old Trafford. I mean, we saw the shots of Ferguson in the crowd, absolutely disgusted by by the result. Um, they just they didn't want to be there, the Man United players. And I think Chris is right. Uh, blame goes to Solskjaer, but it also goes to the players because at the end of the day, once the the players are out on the pitch, how much more can can Solskjaer do? He's done his preparation in the week. But I just I I think they just couldn't handle the Liverpool press and they didn't they just didn't want to be there like the the defenders didn't react quick enough twice to Salah getting through like uh, they, they were they were slow they were lacklustre as I say that it just wasn't good enough uh, as Maguire said in the interview at the end but I think there needs to be I don't know what they can do there needs to be some form of catalyst some form of change right now amongst that Man United squad because. It, I think it's been coming for a while now, as you say, Aditya. This, this kind of performance and this defeat has been coming for a while. We've, we've seen it against the smaller teams. They got away with it against Atlanta. I think it was only inevitable that, that Liverpool were going to, well, I mean, smash them, really. I mean, we were saying, oh, Man United could play up. But when you look at this, the run of results, the, the story tells itself really and these next few games you say are going to be absolutely huge for Solskjaer they can't afford to lose to Tottenham they, they need to beat Tottenham beat Atlanta and maybe if they lose to City that will be okay if they can beat those first two but otherwise if they don't I think if they suffer another heavy defeat to Manchester City that will be where Solskjaer goes if if it's loss 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 Just let, draw loss yeah <laughs> let's let's look at quickly United's performance at the start of the season. Leeds, they won 5-1, probably 
United fans, most of us included me, over excited. Oh, yeah, we're winning the league. Right? Next game, Southampton draw. Wolves, we were lucky enough to win it 1 0 because of an individual brilliance from Mason Greenwood. Then uh, it was after the international break, it was Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, he played on that was game week four. Then the start turns around, right? Young boys, you lose in the Champions League. West Ham, you barely scrape and get the win in game week five with Lingard scoring the goal. The penalty miss and all the drama. Aston Villa. No, then you play West Ham in the League Cup. You lose again midweek. You're out. Then you play Villa. You lose to them. Uh, then you play, I think it was, uh, I don't know, somewhere in midweek, we, we play Villarreal and we kind of just scrape to the game and manage to win it. Everton, you draw. Atlanta, you just manage to come back from behind and score. And then Liverpool, uh, you lose 5-0. And uh, Leicester also, you lose. So, are you convinced things have been not building up great, right? There were either like few individual brilliances here and there, somebody standing up for some of the games and playing. But as a whole, since the Europa League final defeat to uh, Villarreal, things have not been great. And it has been building up for the last few weeks, last few months. And it's all turning out to be bad now. So, I mean, I'm lost for words at this point. I really don't know what's going to happen. It's really, really, they're in a very tight spot. Don't know what's really going to happen. And uh, people are laughing at Arsenal, but Arsenal are slowly making and climbing their way back up. And we are slowly going back down. Arsenal on the same so as Manchester United, of course. Yeah, so they had a tougher start to the season, Arsenal. And so, so with them now finally jumping back up is, is good for Arsenal and their fans. And they are doing it rightly, right? They are able to beat the opponents they have to beat. And they are getting, they're not getting the points against the better sides. But other than that, for Manchester United, things are looking very gloomy. So, I don't know what's really going to happen. No, I have no clue. There's been no update, nothing coming out. So, at the moment, it it's more and more or less, it looks likely that Solskjaer will stay at least for the next game or maybe for the next three games and then they'll see what, what has to be done. I think if they were going to sack Solskjaer, they would have done it, uh, released something last night after the game or, or this morning, personally. So, I think you're right there. Another thing is, Ed Woodward's tenure is is getting over, I think. So, December is the last month of Ed Woodward being the, I think, the chairman, if I'm correct. So what happens is so far, how many managers has Ed Woodward fired? David Moyes, Louis Van Hal, Jose Mourinho. And if he fires Solskjaer, it's going to be the fourth manager he has fired in his entire tenure. So that's something which is kind of leaving a bad remark. With So I don't know what's really going to happen. There's a high chance that Solskjaer might be given more time. On the other hand, he might be asked to go. So we don't know what's really going to happen. And if he was supposed to go, there's no news coming out. Generally, you know, things get leaked to media so quickly. There's always something coming out. But it's been more of very silence at this point. So really, I'm not sure what's happening. Probably people saying that Glazers live in the US. So their times and all. I don't know about that. But they are somewhere in the UA making a bid for an IPL team or something. Don't know what's going on at this point. And in terms of FPL, how how did you do this week, Chris? We haven't really uh, heard much from your team other than having. Oh yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've had a, a really bad score uh, compared to everyone else, but I've had sixty eight minus four, sixty four points. I mean, 
it was largely due to the harvest decision. Everything went wrong from there. It was a 33-point swing because I also benched Livermento, who scored, got nine points, which was uh, the icing on the cake after the that failure with the captaincy. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't really uh, complain. My team looks good for the next few weeks, and um. I'm actually wondering what to do with my midfielders right now because they're not performing as well. And, you know, I think uh, a really, really hot topic right now is whether we can keep ignoring the Man City mids, uh, especially Phil Foden, who is just uh, you know, playing really well at the moment. I saw the game against Brighton. He was he was everywhere. He was really good. A bit lucky to get, with a, to get that 18-pointer, to be honest. But I think points will come for him if he gets those regular starts. And... I'm really tempted. What do you think, guys? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie about Foden because when I wildcarded two weeks back, I wanted him, but I fell short of like 0.1 or something and I had to go and get Grealish. And uh, last game week, I transferred out Grealish for Havertz. So it turned out to be an ultimate troll for me because I expected Grealish to be benched and KDB to start, but that didn't happen. So KDB was benched and Grealish started. And uh, Foden and City... Had a very enjoyable night at DMX. So, I mean, I have Saka. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Rafinha, apparently injured. We have no update yet. Even um, uh, Brian, how do we pronounce him? MBMO. I'm not sure what's happened to him. Even there's a yellow flag there. There's a knock or something. And even those who have Wardy, we don't have an update really. I don't know what's the status there at the moment. So, we'll have to see. But... For me, I scored around like 86 points. So I took a minus four, it goes to 82. So if I had Captain Salah, I would have crossed the three-digit mark. But nevertheless, that didn't happen. <laughs> so I have to look ahead now. Yeah, I mean, I brought Kane in this week um, for Lukaku and proved to be just as good as bringing in Vardy. Well, one extra point. But um, I saw a lot of people uh, on Twitter saying, uh, I think, Chris, as well, you were... A big advocate for um, Vardy, uh, but I, I think I just kind of hoped that after that Newcastle game, that maybe Tottenham would click back into gear. Um, with with you know Son not having COVID, you know perhaps they could replicate some of the Kane and Son magic from last year. Um, but unfortunately, I, I lost to West Ham at the London Stadium, which uh, I'm not too kind of like upset about really because my other option was Vardy and Vardy didn't score either so I was I knew my my uh, transfer was um sort of fine really and he's got Man United next so <laughs> never thought this but that's a fixture hopefully I'm looking forward to and and hopefully Tottenham will be licking their lips and, and Kane can can score big there um but I do have to credit you uh Aditya for bringing Huang Hee-chan um, I was looking at him and I played football manager for a while now and he, he's always been someone who's <laughs> been uh, very good on football manager like uh, against you um, and often transferred to the Premier League to one of the, one of the sides in, in a lot of saves but I, I didn't really have the the balls to transfer him in because you know somebody who's like 5.5 um, I didn't want to go from like 12 million to 5.5 I thought it would be a waste, but um, sort of uh, kudos to you. Like uh, that, that, that is a good transfer. So um, I, I don't really know where to go with my team here. I mean, I, I have Grealish, um, but is it worth doing Grealish to Foden? Really? I mean, how 
how uh, rotation proof is is Foden um, compared to Grealish. I mean, Grealish is is not really scored once this season except from Norwich, um, but perhaps he he can get some more assists on his tally. Um, and Crystal Palace next. Hopefully he'll play there again. But it it's such a nightmare with uh, Pep Guardiola. And uh, a big shout out to uh, Livermento as well. Uh, I forgot to start him. <laughs> I started Mings against Arsenal instead. I, I didn't really look at my uh, defense for who I'd start. But nine points there, and he looks like he could become or is becoming the next John Lundstram. Um, really at, at, at four million. Although he's not playing out of position in midfield. I mean, an absolutely brilliant uh, asset to have, if, especially if you picked him up at, at four million. And he's so attacking down that flank. Um, he he's probably becoming a, a starter every week, really. Um, I I don't see why not, to be honest. Um, but yeah, in terms of this week, I don't really know what to moves to make. I'm gonna keep in Ivan Tony. Brentford have got a very nice run now. Um, what do we think about? Potentially getting in a, a Brentford defender. I mean, uh, Chris. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste a transfer a Brentford defender. You know, uh, they're obviously really good defense, especially I mean, compared to what you'd expect from a promoted team. But I, I don't think you should waste transfer on a on a Brentford defender. I do think uh, that defense is actually now a bit of a template. Uh, no, I mean, you you need to have Arnold, City Defender, Chelsea Defender, at least one of those. Uh, and then again, there's cheap options. Livermento, White, uh, who is just, you know, he's a good uh, pick whenever Arsenal play a weak side. I just think there's not really a rush for to get uh, at Brentford Defender over, you know, waste of transfer at the moment. I think with all those uh, yellow flags and so on, I don't think anyone's, you know, priority is to get a defender, especially one from Bedford, you might, you, which you, I think, you'd need to transfer him out soon. I mean, as long as, long as the, the you know, the good run ends, I, I don't think you'd like just to play him against those uh, stronger teams. So, I do have my doubts. But, yeah, I, th- I think there's there's some good calls. Pinock has been pretty attacking Henry, too. I think if you if you will go with, uh, you know, one of them, I think these should be good picks. They should... Provide some good returns, maybe some attacking returns too. So, but I would I wouldn't be uh, doing that right now. I think there's more upside in other in other moves, midfielders, forwards, and you know I think there's at the moment there's too many uh, issues uh, in some people's teams that they need to you know solve. Um, Adita, I think you have Mbwemo, um, uh, but oh, I'm just looking now. You have Mbwemo and Tony, so. Um, quite stacked up for for the the fixtures. I don't think a, a triple is really necessary. But right now, I, I don't have any Man City defenders or any Chelsea defenders. I, I have Trent White and Livermento. Should I should I be worried for the upcoming fixtures? Maybe I think the ideal thing at this point would be looking to get one of a City or a Chelsea defender. Probably I would say maybe just get a Chelsea defender for the next two game weeks as their fixtures look good. City, I mean, it's a very tight question here because I think besides Kanseo and Walker who kind of offer more offensive chances, I think it's more of Kanseo here. I think there's no point getting in DS because he's just going to only get you those clean sheet points or an odd goal from a set piece. But other than that, I think maybe at this point looking and getting a Chelsea defender would make sense for me. So, 
I think it would be better if Chris answers this question because I have reached James and I I'm hoping that probably he has nailed his place to start as a right wing back. So maybe I would say reach James. And I think probably Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva and Rudiger will be the three defenders playing alongside Chilwell. So I think that would be their back five at this point. Actually, I do think Chilwell is the best take right now. And that trust the defense. He seems, you know, he's back his best. I don't think he's going to get dropped uh, usually. I, I mean, you need to take some, those risks if you have a good bench. I think you can afford to take those risks in defense because if Chilwell doesn't start, the odds that he plays as a sub are, re- are minimal. So if you have a good bench, you won't really uh, have an issue with that. And I think the upside, as as we saw this last week game, was three goals for him. Uh, well, the upside is crazy with the uh, with this guy. So yeah, I think you, I think you cannot really go wrong there. Five point eight is a really uh, good price for him, and I just think uh, you know getting him would be really wise. I, I do have really good at the point at the moment where I got for five point five. I think if you want to double up on on Chelsea defenders, I think. Rudiger and Chill will be, will be the best uh, combination, in my opinion. Wait until they both get benched once, but yeah, <laughs> that might. That, yeah. That, I think I think that is inevitable. I think that that could happen, but you know, you cannot play. Uh, you know, always thinking about the worst case scenario, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. But as you say, impressive three goals in his last three games from uh, what left wing back really. So. Um... I mean, the, the fixtures are looking good, and I'm sure he's not shy to get up the pitch as well. Um, and hopefully Alonso doesn't come and take his place, really. Um, but, but that's everything. Um, looking forward to next week. I mean, the preview might be short. But, I mean, captaincy, is there really, like, any debate here at all? Um, no, fuck you. I'm not No need to bother, honestly. Uh, I think I, I wouldn't... Uh, even try bothering it unless someone really, really uh, gets to it, it, remotely close to the form of Salah because the form right here is just immense. I think the form factor is at the stage where you cannot really even look at fixtures and say, I'm not going to captain Salah because he has that X fixture. He, he doesn't, you don't care about it. He just, he's just crazy good at the moment. Best, so, yeah. best in the world. Best in the no, world right now. I think yeah, there's no debate yeah. over that. Because who is better than Salah right now? Definitely not Ronaldo. Messi's doing it for PSG. Lewandowski is in the Bundesliga. I mean, yeah, he's, he's doing well. But at the end of the day, the Premier League is the hardest league in the world. Um, is, is there anyone doing better than Salah right now? And you know, I think... Uh, it's how how easy he, ma- he makes everything look. Everything seems easy for him. Every every one every every triple every every dribble every shot. Just you know, just slotting it in. No 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 issue whatsoever. No no pressure. Nothing. He he's just doing it. You know, as a casual uh, easy his job. He's just you know both all all of his goals yesterday were just so simple. You know, with such you know. Effortless. That's that's what it seems like. And when I was watching Chelsea with Harrods, I I was just wondering, what what's all about Harrods? Why is he so bad? Why is he? You know, he he seemed it seemed too hard for him to get a good shot to find himself in the right position. And I just thought that's why I would I wouldn't have done this move if it wasn't for the whole uh, Lukaku. Because I think Lukaku would have done much better. 
because he's a natural striker and so on and so on. But, you know, I was really gambling on the fact that Chelsea would have scored many goals and he should have gotten in it something. But when I was watching him, he, I just thought he's not as good as a player as, you know, most premiums. And I mean, when I compare him to Salah, they're a different level. And you don't feel as confident with them, even though the team might score and, you know, it's the Norwich fixture. But again, as a player, Salah is just miles ahead, you know. I, I think... The only From thing no, that yeah, I'd be debating no. right now, I know four, it's always form over fixture, and I'd be absolutely crazy not to captain Salah. But Aditya, Kane playing Man United, I mean, it's just a cheeky thought. It's it's probably something like 5% chance that I'd actually yeah, do it, but Kane playing Man United... Yeah. It's like it's like people would like to say Man United, uh, Nor- United are like Norwich now. So if you want to attack, <laughs> attack Man United pictures. So it's gone to that point. I don't really know. I mean, if 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 you're if you're if you're ballsy enough to captain Kane against United, you may well and go ahead and as well as as well as go and try that. If if we don't know what's going to happen, right? Who's going to manage United at that point? Solskjaer stays or goes I really don't know that's some question we don't have a clear answer at this point but it's very very difficult right it's like people have really learned a lesson this game week don't look past Mo Salah okay if he is definitely the player to captain no matter what the fixtures are at this point he's managed to return in 8 of the 9 game weeks with 6 double digit hauls so far you cannot say no to Mo it has to be more at this point. I mean, even what Liverpool are playing, Brighton, Brighton all, we were saying they're good enough defensively and all those things. But still, Man City managed to score, right? Four against them. So, for a team like Liverpool that's in form, it's very difficult not to say and go with the Mo Salah. It's, I think it's a very, it's going to be like, the EO is going to be massive and everybody's going to be Salah because people have learned a lesson. But other than that, you, you still have Newcastle against Chelsea. I don't know. But... Uh, that Havertz captaincy, nobody is going to do that. We have written 100 times on our notebooks, I will captain Mo Salah. I will captain Mo Salah. That thing is closed at this point. Yeah. Norwich are playing Leeds. See, the problem is we all tried Leeds to do something good. different. We all tried and Charge getting small, yeah. and doing a differential. Yeah, getting a differential player, right? Oh, Havertz against Norwich and all that. Made sense. Chelsea scored seven. Havertz didn't return. Too bad. But with us learning a lesson now, you're going to think twice captaining a differential player. You'll be like, Salah is playing Brighton. Oh, no. So, bet I don't do that. Let even Rafinha score 10 goals, I still go and captain Salah. So, it's gone to that point where I think people will not take a lot of risks at this point unless they are like, not bothered. They're like, okay, let me just try and see what happens. But for most of us serious players, I think it's going to be Mo Salah. Even though there are some other fixtures that look good, like City against Palace, Although City have struggled a bit against Palace at the ATR and all with Towns at scoring those goals and you have seen some shock results. But the way Man City are playing at this point, there's another captaincy option, right? Foden or probably KDB might play and I really don't know who's going to start there. So there you have another option, but that's a risk. We don't know who's going to play. So I think it's going to be Mo Salah. But other than that, if you want to take a chance, maybe Kane, as you said, maybe some Leeds play, but Leeds have been looking bad. So I really don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be Mo Salah. I watched the game yesterday, and I think, I think it, it, I, I I made a right call on the fact that I didn't jump on either Son or Kane from this game week because they were both quite uh, bad. I, I think Son was the one that was looking the most dangerous. He made some good runs. He 
he was more advanced. But I just think the whole Spurs team is so dull and so bad at creating chances that you cannot really expect much from them right now. And I think they, the the only premium that we cannot we can consider as a captain right now is Walsh Allen. That's that was that, that's what makes it a bit weird because we don't really have another premium who seems to be as consistent or you know even a little uh, as reliable as Salah. So I think uh, that's where you need to wait and see if any premium emerges because I think I think Spurs are bad. Kane, you know, he seems to not care at all. In the, the goal yesterday, he wasn't even trying to mark Antonio. He doesn't really care about it. You know, he had he had some one one or two good chances, but I just think. At the moment, you cannot jump on those players or even trust them with the captain advance, you know. So, yeah, I think you just need to go Salah and, and pick the right uh, time to captain another premium, you know, with a good fixture. Because it's going to be an opportunity sometime. And it's whether you have the ball to take it and whether it goes well. But if you don't try, you won't, you'll never make it. You'll never uh, get that differential hole. So I think... Uh, no matter what, people will still keep trying. It just needs to be at the right moment. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Don't look past Mo, honestly. Um, so, it makes sense, really. Um, but What are our transfer plans for the next week to, you know, sum, it, sum this up? What about Yoli? Um, genuinely, I, I might think about rolling. Um as we were saying, like maybe, um, may- maybe a City uh, or Chelsea defender for like Tyrone Mings. I think Mings has been pretty awful. Um, so maybe that for Tyrone Mings. Um, but pff, I don't know. Roll the transfer. Um, yeah, I think Ryan would be nice. You know, to I haven't rolled better. in a while, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. It was like a. Because you know, with all the injuries and stuff, it's it's actually really hard to lo- roll your transfer nowadays. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's pretty annoying. Um, and I'm actually right now the only move I'm really thinking of doing is uh, Townsend to Foden or a City midfielder. I think the fixtures are really, really good. They have Palace, United, Everton, and then some quite good fixtures which I can, you know, I can really, really see goals there. So even if Foden maybe. Misses the odd game. I think he'd be great value at eight point one million. But then again, I need to wait on Vardy news because if he is injured, I might need to get rid of him instead. And I do think uh, there's a bit of a lack of options in attack right now, which I would. Uh, I think I think I'm not, I'm not fancying many of them. I mean, there's Wilson who has some good fixtures, but again, it's Newcastle, and I'm a bit hesitant. You know, it's a bit of a a tough spot there because we don't have premium strikers at the moment. It's it's just Vardy, I think, who is barely premium. But I don't think we do have premium strikers at the moment. So it's a bit of a, you know, I really hope Vardy is not uh, injured because I, I really want to have him for Arsenal and Leeds. I think those games have a really nice potential for him. So, yeah, I'm really hoping I can, you know, keep him for one or more, two more game weeks so, and then move on to... A cheap forward, or perhaps Kane, if he actually comes good, you know, turns up. Yeah. Something. Mm. Um, yeah, what are you doing? I, I think yeah, that, that I'm, wraps everything. I'm probably up. in the same boat. Uh, I'll just roll my transfer at this point. Injuries and all, we don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think just saving the transfer and going ahead is what is the wise move at this point. Yeah. 
yeah I, I think that wraps everything up for this week um so thank you everyone for listening especially to the uh the man united stuff at the beginning that was certainly frustrating from aditya's point and um but good to chat about it anyway um so from all of us at that vertex stay tuned keep with us keep up with us on twitter sorry uh at fpl academica at the underscore ff academy we'll be back next week with another podcast thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you all next time Goodbye.